that firefighting for all its chaos sometimes is comfortable because it's the devil you know and strategic work that involves visioning and high level stuff and and forecasting and and these these um kind of high level strategic considerations that you have to do that you have to engage in as a business owner that it's like that's uncertain it's scarier it's it's not comfortable it's probably not familiar even we tend to avoid that and then gravitate to that technician work because like i said you know that's the devil you know and so it's familiar welcome to clearing obstacles the podcast for leaders and those that want to be you know it can be a lonely journey when you find yourself confronted by challenges in business so get ready to take a journey with me as together we'll hear the stories of real life business owners and begin to unpack some common business challenges from real life situations in a way that's both relatable and actionable for you we bring to bear decades of entrepreneurial and coaching experience and a full toolbox of resources as we introduce you to those professionals who yourself are working hard to build a healthy business and a healthy team but then we'll also share the way out of those struggles by clearing the obstacles at their origins helping you get there from here welcome to the clearing obstacles podcasts i'm dan kent we also have matt pierce matt was with us as well on the uh episode two with andrew kinkler we're kind of mixing up the format a little bit today we're doing what we're calling the post game or the post game riff working title not yet established for sure the concept of a post game for a coaching call like we did on episode two with andrew we both in kind of talking about it with ourselves we were like we should really be recording this post game conversation that we had after the fact as well um and we both kind of had our different reasons tell me tell me why you think a post game is important would you yeah i think that there's applications within this that we just don't have the time to dig into into the call that might be of value for our listeners. The all right, here's a whole lot of stuff that we unearth. That's great, you know. This is a great conversation. But what are some maybe practical takeaways? What are you going to actually do from this as a business owner if you're dealing with something that's very similar, or you can really identify with one of our callers, our guests? Right. Right. Um, yeah, same thing with me too. Completely that. And look, as much as much as I like to think I'm, you know, able to think on my feet and, rec- and pattern recognition and and what makes up essentially a good business coaching call, um, it's not always immediately available or, or, or obvious in the moment. And so uh, sometimes those insights or the the patterns or whatever um, come to you after the fact. And I think that was a case for both of us a little bit uh, with a couple of different points in our conversation with Andrew. And it seemed like there were just some some really salient points that would be worthwhile to to make sure we highlighted specifically. We could put them in the show notes from episode two or whatever, but um, this is where the riff part comes in. We're talking about just riffing on a couple of the of the fundamentals that that he talked about that that maybe we recognized after the fact. And that's kind of how I see it, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So here we go. So uh, just to remind listeners, if you if you uh, want some more context to this, please go listen to episode two with Andrew. And uh, but if if you're not, you don't have the room for that or whatever, Matt, will you just can you replay a little bit um, in your mind? Tell us a little bit about Andrew, what he struggles with, what, you know, briefly what that is about. Do you mind? Yeah, not a problem. Uh, Andrew is located in Steamboat, Colorado. He owns a number of different businesses, 
but primarily he does house cleaning was their original business, though he has a laundry mat and he does maintenance work as well. So there's some seasonal adjustments for, you know, snow removal during the winter and then lawn and such during the, the summer months. You know, he's, he struggles with what most business owners do, which is being pulled back into the business. Um, he enjoys that in some ways. I mean, some of what is he is connected to in his identity is being a doer. He, he enjoys projects. Mm-hmm. He likes being hands-on. That's how he grew up on a ranch. And that's kind of what he's attached to. So some of his challenges, just kind of in a global sense, is learning to let go of that piece right there and being a, being the leader his business needs him to be, to think more strategically, to think bigger picture, to look behind and look forward and provide the leadership structure to be able to take his business to a place that isn't dependent upon him doing the work of the business. Is that a pretty good synopsis, you think? I love it. I want to jump right into a riff, can we? Yeah, man, let's go. Come on. That piece about him being the inveterate doer, right? The technician, to use the emith uh, terminology there, he's a fixer. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's in maintenance. He's a dude. He's like the penultimate fixer, uh, just in his personality type. I wanted to lean into this point a little bit is is the notion that, you know, when you've got... when you've got that orientation to your work, I like to call it relationship to the role. We have relationships mm-hmm. to all kinds of things in business. Some of them are conceptual. They're not people even. They're just like relationship to finance or whatever. His relationship to his role, um, when we're getting into that kind of a work, in my experience anyway, uh, I, I know I have this as a growth edge for myself. And it's it's um, there's a certain kind of work that I'm the most comfortable doing. Um mm-hmm. And especially for business owners in that fixer technician mindset thing, we're comfortable doing that work. Um, We're comfortable in the firefighter role. Um, We we did mention this on the call. In fact, at one point that that firefighting for all its chaos sometimes is comfortable because it's the devil, you know, and strategic work that involves visioning and high level stuff and, and forecasting and, and these, these, um, kind of high level strategic considerations that you have to do that you have to engage in as a business owner that shit's like that's uncertain it's scarier it's it's not comfortable it's probably not familiar even and so we tend to not we tend to avoid that and then gravitate to that technician work cuz like i said you know that's the devil you know and so it's familiar um you've worked you've been working that? with andrew for a while yeah is that your experience or if you have something else to say about that of course yeah, I love that. That's a good assessment right there. Um, and and on top of that, it's for him, which I hear this a lot, especially with my tradespeople, um, is that it's tangible, right? You can if if he's ah. on the job doing something, the result is tangible. <laughs> I swing the hammer, I I fix the wall, I fix the plow, whatever it is, and yeah. that work leads to a result that I can see and I can sit back and I can feel proud about myself. I did something today. Right. Whereas, whereas even creating a system necessarily, you know, it takes a while to implement and to see the result of that, you know, Um, you could write one out and it looks great on paper, but okay, cool. I've got this piece of paper. Yay. But in all reality, it has to be applied. And then you see the result down the road. And for him, I think that's one of the hardest parts of this. You know, that's what he's attached to is the swinging the hammer and seeing that result. 
And, and it's very hard, especially on that finance topic, right? It's easier for him to look like you said in the rearview mirror and see the result of the work, right? It's tangible, yeah. right? Yeah. But looking forward and forecasting, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I can't see it. Know. I'm not there to do it because I, I'm, I can't yeah. do it until I've done it. <laughs> You know, totally, totally well put. We we get comfort in what what we can see the immediate results of immediate gratification. For sure, <laughs> I was laughing when you were saying that. Um, uh, it's a it's a great um, uh, remedy, if you will, on a checklist for if for anybody uh, listeners in there. Many of them, I would imagine, uh, who struggle with anxiety. That's actually one of the things you can do to kind of. Um, remediate anxiety symptoms is go do something where you can see immediately results. That's, that's why like you start cleaning as silly as that sounds, because like you start mopping the, or, you know, wiping the baseboards, you can see instantly the effect and you suddenly feel a little bit more empowered. You have agency, you have. <laughs> is that and, why my house and, is so clean? <laughs> is that it? Yeah, Seriously. I told my wife, if she ever catches <laughs> me wiping down the baseboards again, then she needs to ask me what I'm anxious about. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so, total sidebar there. Um, but I mean, that's just human behavior. It's, it's perfectly representative of, of what I think most of us do. I think some maybe a, a rare slice of the population finds comfort in, in leaning into those things that are strategic that way that, you know, or bigger sure. picture stuff. But I think most of us, it's the opposite, man. Good insight. I think. Yeah, you know what's showing up for me, Dan, and maybe we could take a moment on that is, and maybe this is valuable to our listeners is if they're identifying with that piece right there and they find it really hard strategically or to think strategically like we're talking about, which is forecasting, thinking in the future, making efforts now that have to bake for a while, right, before you actually see that. How, uh -huh. in your experience, does someone help to make that shift? How do they start to get to a place where they feel that that's valuable use of their time and that they they connect to it? I'm just curious what your perspective is. Yeah. So as long as it's tied to a uh, a bigger vision for something, um, a, a broader goal, don't just get busy to get busy on the on the busy work. But if it's a baby step towards something. Um, that's, that's usually what allows us to feel like it's worth our energy. It's worth our time. It's worth our attention. It's worth a risk. Um, and so, you know, if you have some big audacious kind of strategic plan or huge goals, this is where kind of reverse engineering that, and hopefully we talk about this in, in future conversations, but reverse engineering that I kind of deconstructing it, finding, finding, uh, it's the, it's a whole OKR approach, you know, a good book by that, uh, about that is John Doerr's measure what matters and, mm. um, uh, put that in the show notes. It's, it's the idea of what's the, what's the one objective you seek. Uh, it's the concept of OKR is the objective. O K uh, KR is the key results. You, you kind of break that down to identify how will I know that's what you're trying to do basically with the objectives and the key results is, is how will I know if I'm on target for this, for this bigger objective that I have, if you can identify the key results and sometimes you got to break it down one more level and say, okay, if, if this is the key result that I'm, I'm seeking, what are some next, next actions I can take in support of that key result? So you're, mm -hmm. you know, by the time you're building this almost like a pyramid, like a little tree, if you will, of, of a flow chart to break these concepts down, you can get pretty granular. And in that granularity, in the baby steps, that can be almost empowering because you're seeing the more instant effects, the more immediate effects.
What do you think? Is it, did that answer what you're asking about? Yeah, absolutely. My thought was what kept rolling through my mind was chunking it down, right? Breaking it down into smaller and smaller parts and getting those little wins over towards that objective. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's just so ominous, so big that unless you bring it down to something really tangible that you can see some sort of small result from on a consistent basis, that momentum builds upon itself then. And I, and I have that personal experience with my business too. It, It did. It took those little, little systems to start building momentum and then start seeing the effects of those over time. So yeah, I'm right on board with that. Absolutely. What else came up for you in in your own kind of post-game analysis of of that conversation with Andrew and Matt? You know, it's so fun when you're you're working with it. You bring in one one discussion, one topic, one frustration. And then through the coaching process, you chunk it down and you really get to that root piece of it. And it went from, you know, big picture structure of his business. And we talked about position agreements and such and getting clear on that, which I do think is still obviously really important for his own clarity. Um, and we're still working through that. But then we opened up the Pandora's box into what? Finance. Yeah. Right. And that's where a whole lot of that lack of clarity came from because he's talking about, Oh, I don't know when to hire people and when I can and when I shouldn't and so on and so forth. And then like we already talked about, he's only looking in the rear view mirror. He's not yep. looking far enough, far enough ahead. And he doesn't even have those reports that he's looking at on a regular basis to look forward. Right. He's got right. the post, he's got the post game stuff, right. This is what happened. Great but he's not looking forward and planning ahead of enough, especially in that budget. And I think you brought it up really well in that call. If I remember correctly, was that was a really eye-opening moment for him was going, cool. Are you comparing those to your budget? Are you comparing your actuals to your budget? Yeah. Uh, nope. I mean, silence for a moment. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's just, a key part of that analysis right there is setting those goals ahead and then being able to look and compare and say, Hey, what really actually happened? And right. then what's, what's the story behind that? Why did, why was this right. so off? You know, what do we need to do different? If yeah, you're not measuring against the data as to how well it, it, you know, how well you forecast or how, how well the results aligned with what you predicted. If you're not checking that against your expectations, what a huge opportunity you're, you're leaving on the table to improve and to improve your forecasting process. And frankly, to discover, you know, uh, any boogeymen that are hiding that, that caused that disparity between your prediction mm-hmm. and the actual results. There could be all kinds of boogeymen in there and you're not, you could be bleeding all kinds of, you know, financial resources in one place or another and not realize it because you're not comparing. And I also think that it points to your own behaviors, right? So when you're comparing those things, if it shows that you just went on a spending spree and you're looking at that and you, I mean, it's, it's Ooh, just an yeah. honest, it's just so honest, you know, from a business yep. owner's perspective too, you look at that and you go, yeah, I remember I just did a, you know, guttural emotional decision to buy more equipment. Ugh. Yeah. Man, yeah. now look at the effect. It's just as much as checking in to see how your plan's going and then also checking in with yourself about how well you stick to it. You know, it's totally. your own level of accountability. Yeah, yeah. How many of us make a resolution to to order DoorDash less or, you know, Uber Eats fewer times and and <laughs> uh, you, you go look at your bank statement at the end of the month and you're like, holy crap. <laughs> if, if you're not looking and comparing to what those expect, yeah, what a missed opportunity. Great yeah. point. 
Did you have anything else you were going to add into the finance piece? Because there's another part that we talked about that went even deeper than that. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, yeah, for those that listened to episode three, I introduced some tools for a financial dashboard. And um, that kind of addressed what those issues are for the sake of having the clarity and, and being empowered to know what your numbers are. And so you can, at a glance, res, um, identify how the business is doing with as little friction as possible. Cause that's usually why we avoid it. It's an uncomfortable topic. I don't want to go look and see how much I spent on takeout last month. Um, that's enough friction. I don't need the, the, I don't know how cumbersome and clunky my tools are, you know, and, and what's my login password again in QuickBooks and what are those numbers? Where do I find them? And, um, so having some, some simplicity and ease there reduces that friction. Was there something in particular that you recall? Cause I'm going to jog my memory. Maybe. Uh, nothing more about the finance. I was just thinking when, when we started talking to him further, what we got down to again, um, again, we're chunking oh, it down. Yeah. We're getting closer to the root is yeah. talking about the the prioritization, the, the time management. We got to a place of actually right. sitting down and being willing to do this kind of work. And we talked right. about getting sidetracked and all those kind of things. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. We started touching that five wise concept. So the five whys approach is, is you know, I'm going to bastardize this because it's much more formally uh, taught in other in other schools of thought here. But it, it, the concept is, is brief and pretty simple. If you have a, a frustration or a problem that you're experiencing, uh, that's more than likely, that's not the problem itself. That actually is just a symptom of the problem. So if you ask, why is this uh, frustration present? You'll get an answer. So, you know, one of the examples I like to give is this plant that's in my office is dying. Why is it dying? Well, because it's not getting the care that it needs. Why isn't getting the care that it needs? Because nobody is here to water it uh, on the weekends. Why isn't anybody here to water on the week? Like you can go upstream from the problem. I could go over there there to the plant and, and snip off the dead leaves, but I've just addressed the symptoms. I haven't addressed the problem. The problem is there's not a, a system in place to water this plant. And, and only by asking why, and the magic number is five, sometimes it's three, sometimes it's 10. Um, but th that's the method that you take to kind of go upstream from the symptoms and find the root cause, find the root problem. Anyway, that's where that comes from. We started the call, right? Maybe this is what you're getting at. We started the call talking about, uh, and he was very articulate in being able to describe, we need, we need to standardize our systems. We need to have you know, uh, repeatable, efficient, effective methods, and they need to be documented. All of that, great. That I love that he has the clarity for that. And then mm -hmm. as we started to unpack that, okay, why? This starts into that five whys concept. Well, why don't you have that yet, Andrew? Well, um, I'm not really sure, not really sure how much we can afford to have the extra people to write those systems. I don't have the capacity for that. We need somebody to do that. Cool. Can you afford it? You know, or why haven't you hired that? Well, we don't know if we can afford it. Why don't you know? Because we don't, review our financials regularly. Why don't you re review your financials regularly? And part of it was, uh, it's not a priority. You know, other things supersede that when he's writing a schedule or, or executing on his day. And mm -hmm. now it's, it's like, now we're getting somewhere. It's, it's great that he was able to identify what his company needs and what he needs to do. And when we asked him, what's the next action? Actually, that was like the sixth or seventh action that needs to be taken. There, there are several steps before that that need to happen, right? Right. And the time management was one of those pieces, as I recall. Absolutely, it was it was the time management, and it was also tied to that 
the reason for it, the motivation to do so. Right. Because yeah. then, then that circles right back around to that kind of technician mindset kind of thing, as opposed to being strategic and thinking of the future of it. Right. Um, yeah. Why am I sitting down and, and doing this stuff now when I could be doing something more quote unquote productive with my hands? Right. right. So I can see a, right. see a result immediately of. Um, and so right. that was, that was much of, I think, what we talked about kind of towards the end there was I remember you saying something about, um, commitments and you know everything takes time money or or attention right yep. in some way or the other and it's placing those placing those priorities or placing those efforts if you will into the right places at the right times for the right purpose yeah right yeah and and how you structure your day um is hinges very much upon how motivated you are or are not to do the things that you probably should be doing. And there's a whole, there's a whole kind of process that to, to undergo as to how one might structure their day, but, but you can build a calendar out and be meticulous about what you have planned for the day. And then suddenly you're in a ditch. You're not doing any of that stuff for any number of reasons, right? For firefighting, or frankly, you just don't feel like it or procrastination or whatever. Um, I, I made the analogy of, you know, when you, when you're really clear on what your values are, I made that the dirty diaper analogy. Like I'm not <laughs> going to let my baby sit in their, in their messy diaper. It's uh, no matter how heinous of a freaking action that is to go change a really messy diaper. Uh, my values are clear enough. I'm not going to let them sit in that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go take care of it. Um, the, sometimes the motivation isn't quite that clear to go in and do a do a budget versus actual analysis every tenth of the month, right? You, right. Uh, if I recall, I think you were bringing something up too uh, about motivation. Is it worth dip, uh, kind of touching into? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, just for any client, it, it seems like that's one of the challenges. Just in general, is is doing this kind of work again, kind of circling back to what we already talked about and not seeing the immediate result of it, you know, because they're very tied to that technician work and trying to think to a, of a place of give, being grounded in a place of why am I doing this for what big picture? And then having that as being so compelling that it is what causes you to sit there and sit there for that hour and to write up a process or to do whatever it is that you need to be doing strategically for the future uh, though it's not a burning wound, it's not an open burning wound. I'm mixing metaphors there. It's a burning issue or <laughs> open open wound, <laughs> you know, at the moment right there. Yeah. I yeah. think for any client, for any purpose, it's one reason I know that you and I both typically is, is that that's one of the first things that we try to connect with with a client is why why are you here and what is it that you're trying to accomplish? Because if there's right, an right. strong what do you want emotional, your legacy to be. Yeah, and if it's strong enough, then that's the stuff that causes you to get out of bed in the morning, if you will, right? And, and to do yeah. the, the things that you don't necessarily have to do at yeah. the moment. Yeah, yeah, yep. And that's not always immediately apparent because it's not on mm-hmm. fire. It's funny that you say that, right? Because it becomes most connected, and maybe some of our listeners can identify with this, right? It's when everything is on fire. And you're not able to get to the things that matter most to you, right? Your your child, your favorite activities, your family, friends, yeah. whatever it is that is all the stuff that you're really doing this for, it only becomes apparent when everything's just falling apart. And then it's like, oh, I got to fix this. 
You know, I can't yeah. do this anymore. Yeah. My marriage is on the rocks. You know, my kids, I don't ever get to see them. I'm tired. My body yeah. hurts, whatever it may be. You know, the whole thing's falling apart. And then it's like, oh gosh, I got to get it done. And then it's that kind of pain pleasure principle, if you will. You know, the further away you oh, get yeah. away from that, then the more comfortable you get again. And it's like, ah, well, it's not that important right now. Right. So yeah. how do you stay connected to not, not that everybody needs to have a gun to their head, right? Like that's a terrible motivator, right? Ideally you're motivated towards the promising future that's out there, but at the same right. time, you still want to connect to, man, this sucks. <laughs> you yeah. know, no, this completely. is why I'm sitting, sitting down here and doing this system, writing this system. And, oh yes, I don't want to go back to that. Yeah. Great point. I, I, it's funny too, because um, nobody is just a, uh, a one-dimensional being, especially when it comes to complex topics like you know leadership and business ownership and stuff, and it it kind of feels like some of Andrew's Andrew apologize. We're sitting here, you know, putting you on the couch, brother. Um, but uh, I can say this is true for most people. I know it is for me. I'm complicated that way. It runs a spectrum. There are some things that I run headlong into it, of totally unprepared, unequipped, and I was just impulsive. I just started the action before I was prepared. And then other times I am wallowing in analysis, analysis paralysis. And I'm, no, I, I need to do a little more preparation before I actually mm-hmm. pick up my wheels and fly. And, and I'll have both dysfunctions sometimes in the same hour, for God's sake. And that's so um, true. Right. And, and uh, let's, let's take this back to that call with Andrew. There were two places uh, where we saw actually both of those on, on opposite ends of the spectrum. The first one was uh, to tie back to that. Well, we need systems, we need um, structure, we need, and uh, you know, you can play that out. You can play that tape to the end and see how that's going to turn out. If you go into developing that stuff without doing some some advanced preparation. You you haven't identified whether or not you can hire people. You haven't identified if you have the time in your calendar to do it. You haven't identified how it aligns with a bigger vision. Like you just, all right, I'm just going to open up a, an SOP template and I'm going to start writing an action plan for how business or systems work. And you might get 15 minutes into it. You might get a day into it, but um, you'll very quickly discover that you don't have the resources to implement it, or somebody's going to come and interrupt you because you didn't clarify to your team. Hey, this is two hours of uninterrupted time. Don't interrupt me. Hold my calls, whatever that is like. And, and not only did you not finish what you had started because you went in unprepared kind of impulsively, but that stuff can have a, a significant emotional impact. Um, and it's demoralizing. Right. What I tried it and it, and I fell on my face and I don't really want to try that again, or I'm going to be less inclined to just start being, having a, this bias toward action because I fell on my face last time. So mm-hmm. on the far end of the spectrum, that's that on the far other end of the spectrum, there's a motivation factor here that, um, you know, you can, you can really just dork out on trying to identify, like you're talking about your big motivators, your values, your bigger purpose, your desire for legacy, all that stuff and never launch. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, you know, all kinds of places in between. And anyway, we saw both extremes kind of, kind of rear its head a little bit on that conversation with Andrew. There are two ends of that spectrum. And I think any one of us can identify them or identify with either one of those sides right there. Great. Matt, you know, I've had a chance to kind of freestyle, <laughs> do our riff. So again, Matt, if I'm missing something here, I'll, I'll just go off on this real quick. Yeah, I sure heard uh, from Andrew again, he, for him, 
It was about systematizing and, and, and developing a certain structure within his business. But before he could really engage in that in a productive and useful way, he had to get clear on a couple of things first. Um, the first of which, uh, one of the main ones anyway, was some financial clarity. There are certain decisions that need to be made about uh, creating those systems and standardizing things and maybe even getting somebody to do some of that work that really couldn't be addressed without the financial clarity that was required. And so in processing through that with him, uh, we went even one step upstream from that as to, okay, why don't you do that? And for him, to a large degree, it was about kind of overwhelm. It was about how he's structuring his day and, and where he spends his time. And um, so it seemed like for him, next action was really establishing for himself a clear and structured way just for his own day, not for the damn company, but for his own day. Um, is that how you kind of heard it too, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. I think the other extra layer of that was what we discussed too, is about the motivation to hold that time and to not choose other activities, but to make that a priority. Right. Right. And and that's easy for two, two things can get in the way as I see it, at least in my experience, if um, you're not clear on what those priorities are, or two, you have a deficit in your time. I'll tell you, what, let's include uh, a link to a, a really simple spreadsheet that uh, you can use, listeners, to um, help identify both of those things, actually. Um, what's most important to you by category, as well as how much time you expect it will take for you to uh, attend to those things in your life. So one, what's important? What's What are the things that are most important to you? And two, how much time is it going to take? By the time you're done, this little spreadsheet that we'll link to will help you kind of not only identify those things, but also identify how much time it's going to require of you. And um, uh, it's it's part of a broader exercise called a time budget exercise that I have in a toolkit for, for my coaching clients. If you're interested in, in expanding upon that a little bit more, uh, drop me a line. Uh, uh, at the website and uh, we can walk through that a little bit more in a customized manner for you. But meantime, you've got that spreadsheet available to you to just kind of uh, pick up on a couple of those things. That would be a great maybe next step even for Andrew uh, with you, Matt, I would imagine if expounding upon that idea. I'm sure you've yeah. already got something like that available. Yeah, I'd love to take a look at it though. But yeah, we've been working towards that end as it is, but I'd love another resource. Absolutely. Cool. We could ramble on for days. God knows Matt and I can do that, <laughs> but uh, we'll spare y'all. So I uh, want to thank you for listening today. And uh, again, thank Andrew, especially for uh, allowing us to uh, sit here and talk about him without him even being present. Thanks, Andrew. Um, Matt, what else do you want to say before we sign off? Nothing. It's been a pleasure. I enjoy being on today and talking a little bit more about that unpacking more of that conversation. And again, like you said, we could go on for hours and hours and hours, I'm sure about this, but I think we hit upon the most important parts of this. And um, yeah, thanks, Andrew, for participating uh, without not actually being here, but also maybe providing some values to our, our value to some of our listeners um, from our analysis of it all. So yeah, thanks for being Perfect. Here. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next time. We hope you've gotten the value you were looking for on today's episode. If you want more like this, please scan the QR code that you'll find on the show notes or go to clearingobstacles.com for more information. 
There, you'll find links to other episodes, as well as how you can get in touch with us to set up your own customized coaching experience on a regular basis to clear your own obstacles. Your business should serve your life, and uh, let us help you get there from here, because nobody should do this on their own. We want to thank you for listening and gratefully acknowledge everyone who helped make this podcast possible. And a special thanks to our supreme assistant and navigator, Noah Wertheiser, to Arctic E for the brilliant musical themes of Clearing Obstacles, and to the team at Hivecast for your amazing work and legendary patience. Thanks for listening.